Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk episode, oh, what is it, 593, recorded today on Wednesday, the 16th of October, uh, 2019. And welcome to the Sonic Talk podcast. This is to do with uh, music technology. We'll generally be chatting about music tech, synthesizers, software, music production, live production, all that kind of ecosystem that surrounds that. And uh, for those of you who are regular listeners, uh, I'm sure you might be excited to know that we're changing up the prize this week. Isotope have very kindly donated, wait for it, a full Ozone Advanced copy. So you could win that if you enter the competition. There'll be details probably about halfway through the show. Uh, but you'll have to, if you're watching live, you'll have to wait till then. If you're not, you could skip ahead. But you'll miss so much great stuff because we've got some good guests this week, as we always do. So let's start off with, uh, ooh, let me see. We'll say hello to Mr. Rich Hilton. Rich, of course, uh, on the road with Sheik, uh, where he has been for quite some time. We haven't seen you for, for ages. Where have you been? Or where haven't you been? Probably an easier question to answer. Well, uh, this past weekend, I was in Greece at a oh, uh, beautiful, like beautiful a location. <laughs> oh, it was gorgeous. It was really nice. Nice people, too, and very enthusiastic, uh, though small, obviously, private crowd. It was great. And uh, the week before that, it was, you know, a couple of 150,000 of my closest friends in Rio. And, oh, uh, yeah, we played the Rock and Rio Festival, and there was a ton of people, and it was it was exciting. And uh, before that, it's been just a lot. And uh, in a few weeks, actually, at this point, I'm kind of home for a few weeks. And then we're going to resume touring with Cher in North America uh, in mid-November and go up to about Christmas. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Actually, since since last time you were on, I saw an amazing sort of documentary about Cher and her life. And it was just it was kind of mind blowing, the kind of stuff that she's done and been through. It's just it really kind of makes you think she's 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 one of those sort of classic music music business personalities that's just had the most incredible life and sort of reinvented herself repeatedly. You know what? Grammys, Oscars, you know, the whole kind of gamut. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. And over here, she's actually a, probably a bigger star as a TV personality and movie star than as a singer and music person. And she acknowledges that in interviews. And her show is very, first of all, it's very Vegas and uh, laden with props and costumes and dancers. And it's just a gigantic production. And... Um, a lot of it is about the TV history and the career. And there is a singing with the film of Sonny doing uh, oh. I Got You, Babe, and stuff like that. There's there's a lot of different moments of her career covered. And she does have a rather extensive career. And she's just generally fun. And people love her. And uh, they enjoy her at the show. And let me tell you, this woman sells tickets like nobody uh, we've toured with before. Wow. Which is good Packs for you guys as well, I'd imagine. Everywhere. Right? Well, yeah, that's the point for us is to be exposed to as many people as possible. And every night it's a packed house all the way to the rafters. And wow. uh, and they, you know, they come around. You know, they're not there to see us. We know that. And uh, that's what opening band gigs are. But we bring them around every night and it's always good. Yeah, well, I imagine. That's a hell of a bill, isn't it? Oh, yeah, uh, Nar Rogers' support is support tonight. I mean, just sort of kind of, yeah, whatever. Fantastic. Well, lovely to hear that you've been uh, enjoying the, the trip. And uh, we'll also come across to uh, Mr. David Spears of G4 Software. Only his mother calls him David, I'm sure. Or maybe she doesn't. I don't know. But uh, synth collector, 
software developer, musician, all of those things. You can never have too many keyboards. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. There's living proof. Living proof of it. So uh, you're at uh, you're at Chez, Chez Spears tonight, not not in the uh, not in the, 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 the full synth cave, where you've only got the CS. Is that an 80 or a 60 there? No, it's the 60 here. Oh, just the light. But, uh, just the Yamaha yes, light. Yes, and, and on top, I, I showed you earlier, we have an Arp Omni and a Pro DGX, and both of them work. Kent did an amazing job on getting all the aftertouch back on the Pro DGX, which I absolutely adore as a synth. It's so simple and so brilliant to play. I'm sure I saw you say something about there's a flute. It's the flute thing. Yeah. That Wally Badaru um, private life drama. It is, is it? It's the Grace Jones. I don't know whether it is that, but it's that sound. It's <laughs> oh, definitely wow. that sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly. I think, in fact, I posted a video the other day, like the day I got the El Capistan Strymon thing, and it was just like right out of the box, straight into the DGX flute sound on, little modular sequence, and that's it. Gone for hours I wonder if hours. I wonder if Strymon should actually, what maybe Strymon should start uh, iterating pedals, so they should have, uh, the next pedal should be called Catalina. And the, they no. can have a Moha Mojave pedal as well. <laughs> just, so there's sort of parity yeah. between operating systems, just for fun. I thought that's a dirty word. I, no, don't mention the word Catalina to a, a developer, right? right well, it's right a great there. plane. <laughs> it's a great old aircraft. I was, I had high hopes because I loved the Catalina as a plane. And then we got a call from Apple going, uh, you need to do some work, which is why I've been absent from everywhere for a long time because it's been... Sometimes you just got to put your head down and get through things, and yeah, the team I'm here sure. were amazing. In fact, we had VSM, the update to VSM, all ready to go, and we were all excited about it. I spent months sampling everything from like the CS through to the 8 Voice, through to OB12 for a weird one, and various other things. And I was getting really excited, and then we got the call from Apple, and it was like, okay, yeah, none right, of your stuff to- works. <laughs> It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, well, dear. actually, well, that's t- not true. It was really those two, Emtron Pro and VSM, were the two kind of real problematic ones. But again, everybody here put their nose to the grindstone. And thank you, guys. Uh, yes. Well, uh, this feels like an ideal point to mention that Virtual String Machine VSM is uh, version 3. It's a free update, right? Uh, but it's worth buying if you haven't already got it because you get a whole load of new content. I'll do the plug for you because I know how modest you Thank are, you. Dave. You don't, you don't you. plug your own stuff. Although, you know, it, it seems like the small fee I can offer, uh, uh, offer, <laughs> offer you. Yeah, it's, yeah I, don't, I didn't actually come on here purely to plug that, although I don't know any, I hardly know any of these topics. But yes, thank you. Um, yeah, it's a free update. There's loads of stuff. Uh, I did, like I say, I did tons of sampling, and so anyone who's just got VSM gets another library as well. Uh, we got a stereo playback engine, so I wanted to kind of resample all of the kind of stereo ensemble, string ensemble machines, uh, so that you get that kind of super width. Uh, and then if you've got the expansion library, then there's also an add-on for that as well, which uh, I can't remember what's in that because it's all a blur. Right. Well, anyway, that's the sort of there we go. There's a sort of uh, a self-deprecating sales pitch. I like the sound of that. That's that it's very English, fine. isn't it? Yeah, very English. We're, we're very good at that. Well, thanks for coming on, Dave. And uh, let's also say hello to Mr. Yoad Nevo, who is a uh, mix engineer to uh, to the stars, as well as uh, Waves developer. And uh, uh, he's the, he's at the helm of one of the most sophisticated uh, MIDI setups, I think, in the Western Hemisphere, uh, which you could see all of the stuff behind you. We were talking earlier, weren't we, Yoad? That uh, you, well, you've got the mini there, but uh, underneath your 
I guess it would be your right shoulder is the Chroma Polaris, which when we finally get our video of the studio tour, we shot. Yeah, I don't know if you can see it. Probably, probably not. Yeah. yeah, you can't. It's not really. It's there in the corner, kind of. It sounds yeah. bloody great. In fact, I saw a Chroma yeah. Polaris in uh, 5G, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm trying to think how much it was." I don't think it was exceptionally expensive, but most of the synths in 5G in Tokyo, the legendary synth store, it was the Yamaha and the Roland stuff that was good value, whereas all the kind of other imported and other brands were a, a lot more expensive. And I guess Chroma Polaris that would have been was it American? It was. Was it Rhodes Chroma Fender? I don't know yeah. what, what point it was made. It was after um, Fender purchased ARP. Ah, okay. And something like that. So uh, it's it's a really sophisticated uh, it's a really sophisticated synth, and the the software in it is like mind blowing for the time. You can change the sounds of the click track of the sequencer and stuff like that. We, we kind of random things. It's like the the, the manual is this thick, and uh, mine. I think most of them have problems with the the membranes. You know the yeah 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 the controls. You can and get them I, replaced, I think, can't you? Yeah, you can. But what we did with my my sister back then, Anthony, um, we took it apart, and it's actually the 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 flat cable it's like a really kind of a thin flat cable like celluloid or something like that and we actually trimmed it so it's the connectors on that cable so we actually trimmed like half a centimeter out and then we managed to to squeeze it back into the connector and it it worked for a while um it allowed me enough time to to get all the all the settings for it to receive CSEX and control data and all that. So now I have it all controlled ah, from elsewhere. So right, I don't need okay. the controllers anymore. I mean, the knobs and stuff do work, but but it's like you can't change programs on it and things like that from its own, you know, oh, controls. Gosh, but, uh, yeah, but, but you and know. it's got it's got possibly one of the sluggy, sluggiest uh, sluggiest uh, MIDI pro MIDI receive processor buffers in it, hasn't it? Doesn't it? T- it's not that great. It's not that great. <laughs> no. no, you can't but, play uh, notes and control stuff at the same time. Oh no, no. I don't not. think you'll be able to program like a good uh, trap hi hat on it. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> that would be a great. Yeah. What a great measure of, uh, of of all of that. Anyway, let's uh, let's get on to stuff because uh, I know there's something that Rich you wanted to talk about uh, because because this is something that I saw you um, interested on Facebook. So this is the new Softube uh, Fader, Console One Fader, which is, as you can imagine, the Console One was was used a lot as like a a control channel strip, but now you get faders, which is, I think, 10 faders. I'm not quite sure 10. Why? Because you usually get nine, don't you? I'd be interested to know whether they go for nine channels or eight channels and a master and a group. Possibly, we'll see. So yeah, the idea is, is it, it, it integrates with the ecosystem. It does various, it's automated moving faders, touch sensitive, and it, it looks together like quite a funky thing. Right, I know Rich, because you, re- am I right in thinking that you only recently were a convert to the console one and you were like, hey, well, this has really changed, yeah. Is it, rec- is it a recent thing for you? Because it's one of those things, it's been around for a while, but they, they changed it up recently or it's maybe recent a year or so. Yes. Yeah. I had never uh, actually used it. Um, I'd seen it. I was curious about it. And now I think I'm in love. Um, How interesting. It's really, 
uh, a great workflow. And uh, yeah, I was always a. Uh, I can operate it from a mouse. I don't miss a control surface. I'm doing fine, no problem. Uh, but operating complicated EQs from a bunch of knobs instead of from one parameter at a time and watching them interact while you've got two hands on it is pretty uh, amazing. And uh, I just really like operating this thing. And I watched uh, our dear friend George Reese uh, demo this fader product yesterday, and it really is very well implemented and a lot of stuff for the money and looks rock solid like this thing comes with 10 uh, touch-sensitive motorized faders, uh, Alps faders, 100-millimeter throw faders, and uh, why it ten? looks like Is a really a, excellent... Did, did, did you get a handle on why the 10? Because I'm trying to look for a high-res... I think that's what they could fit. I think that's what they could fit in the topology. I honestly believe that that's what drove oh. it, that oh, they right, had okay. a certain topology in mind. They wanted it essentially to be in the same box or a very similar box to the Console 1 product so they could work together well and physically lay out well. All right. So that's and the, yeah. Okay. So to me, I'm guessing, and I haven't asked and I don't recall George mentioning a reason why, but um, I expect it's because that's what they could fit on there. If they could have fit 12, they would have put 12. Uh, he may have even addressed this, but I mean, it's, it's, um, I don't know. Is it better than eight? It, it's kind of odd. It's actually a very sort of um, metric sense of, centric way of thinking of your session in tens because anybody who works in consoles generally thinks in buckets of eight or 16 or something like that you know and so or 12. it's almost like the difference or 12 yeah so it, it's almost like yeah. the difference between imperial and metric in, in a way <laughs> in terms of the way you apply your thinking to the layout of your session but um I don't know. It's more it's because you got ten fingers. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's. So it sounds like it's going to be an interesting. So I mean, if you apply a decimator to that, you'd lose one fader, wouldn't you? That in the true sense of the sort of romantic sort of uh, sense. But that's an interesting thing. So, will you are, you? are you thinking that this is going to be something you're going to add to your arsenal, as it were? And and the other question I was going to ask I because might, yeah. because the thing about the console stuff uh, and it. I know it now controls or interfaces with UA things, but you need to kind of, to if you wanted to go back to sessions, you'd have to put their plugin across all of the channels that you were using if you wanted to use all well, of the, which is, that's the only thing that's kind of a little bit of a drag, right? No, nah, that's oh. what I'm doing. It's oh. not, I mean, yeah, it's 10 to 15 minutes of setting your plugins down a notch in the, in the plugin hierarchy so that you can pop the console across the top of everything. But, um, it's not hard to execute. Then you save it in that form and you move on. It's take it's it'll take ten minutes of your time the first time you open the session and then you're oh, then no, you're rocking. And I mean I was blown away by the sound of the EQ and the compression I was getting in their software. And I already like a lot of their software and they have a bunch of uh, extra drive options that come along with the uh, the fader product that are also interesting, and they allow you to incorporate certain of their other products into the drive circuitry, including their excellent tape emulation software. So um, it's all pretty cool. And I, it, what really got me, it's fun to operate, but it sounds great. I was really impressed with the way these things, these uh, essentially channel strips sound. And I was do, just so playing around with I the SSL mostly. I had a mostly. question for you. Um, so do you need two? If you're using console and fader, do you need two plugins, or is there a combined version of the plugin that so you... That, that I don't know. That I don't recall. 
Yeah, I wasn't focused so much on that on the software aspects because I could just see that it worked. Right. They, there is additional software overlays. In fact, there's a separate software overlay for the console as compared to the one you get when you press the display button on a console one. So um, you have separately separate displays available probably simultaneously. That's interesting. Um, no, that's an interesting. It's interesting also that someone who's been using uh, sort of mousing for a long, and I guess the same goes for you, yeah, because I know you know your center section is kind of where you tend to live on the console. It's MIDI control. It's mouse driven. It's all of those things. I know that uh, this is the soft tube stuff. Uh, there's a certain amount of overlap, shall we say, with the sort of channel strips with the stuff that Waves makes. But I mean, do you do you ever kind of miss having your hands on the controller? Or are you so sort of fixed in the way that your workflow is that you think I wouldn't mind a couple of faders or this or that yeah you know the funny thing is that i have this huge desk and it's actually a limitation in a way because when you have like a normal office desk then you can put a bunch of stuff on it like desktop versions of stuff and you know and then you can reorganize it when reorganize it when needed and and move stuff about but when you have a desk i have this much space in the center section, which is where I sit. I have the Beatstep Pro, I have this uh, M-Audio keyboard and the computer keyboard and the Behringer um, VCR for, to control all the, all the synths and stuff. And, and that's it, I can't fit any, anything else. And I would love to, to use something like that, like the Softube uh, controller. Uh, I, liked it. I liked the first one and this one with the addition of the faders, look, it looks really cool. I really like the the design on it and the 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 look like the look and feel. It looks it, for me it reminds me of uh, a bit of a Harrison desk which I used to love working on. There's something about this color, this chrome brownish color and it being metallic and all that MCR 3 I think or 4 it was um which I really like, and I wish I could fit it. And that brings me to another thing we, we talked about, is which is the hydrosynth, which I really want to get. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if I, if I want to give up the, the Rev2, uh, which I mainly use as a, as a... This is my main kind of keyboard here on the side. I love the and touch of it. But that's, right, yeah. I use it as a controller for Omnisphere. And I wouldn't be able to do that with a hydrosynth. So I was thinking maybe to get the, the desktop version, but then I don't have anywhere to put it. You know, I can't put it on the faders and stuff. I, I've, I've got like an it. idea. Before I come to you, Dave, I've got an idea. I just literally just came to me, this concept of, you know, having a desktop and then you can put things how you want. Now, who remembers these puzzles? You know, the slidey puzzles where you've got a missing square. <laughs> yeah. Now, think uh, on each of those squares is a piece of equipment, and you can just rearrange it in any format. And obviously, in the hole is where you put your drink at any one time. Obviously, you scale it up to be uh, maybe maybe not a square. It would be a rectangle or something. So you'd have an old wireless, obviously. Oh. Yeah, or there's some way of the wires kind of fall through <laughs> underneath, so they come up underneath like that. I don't know. Uh, Dave, I remember you you went all in the box. Did you? Do I remember you having a, a controller at one point, like a mix controller, like a, a, a was it like a Logic controller or something, or was am I imagining that? No, imagining. I think you're imagining. I am imagining. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, no, this looks interesting. Uh, it's probably not for me at the minute because 
Obviously, we've got the whopping desk in the big studio, and this room is just absolute chaos. There is no room for anything. And like what Johan was saying about, you know, the desktop stuff, it's just like every inch of my desktop is covered in, well, I can't. I don't, I don't even show mine. I, I, I get to the point now when we get clients in, <laughs> we get clients because I've got, around me, I've got three desktops, and they're all completely covered in crap and bits of cable and paper and i'm terrible but there's nowhere else for it to go because i'm in, in a I, I put it this way if you're in a creative fluid environment you need to be able to move stuff around and go where's this and that, that i was working on that 10 minutes ago i need to leave that there because once i finish this thing i've got to go back to that you know but times that by a longer time scale you end up with complete mess but yeah i, I think there's probably a way around I, i'm trying to make excuses for my complete messiness but yeah soft tube i, I think that what's it it's going to be 600 bucks so it's you know it's not like dirt cheap but 10 motorized faders seems pretty reasonable. I know that I couldn't figure out rich whether you were saying that uh, you thought it was a, a steal or whether you thought it was a bit pricey from the the tone of your text because it wasn't uh, I wasn't speaking to you about it. Do you think it's good value? I think it's an amazing deal for 10 motorized touch faders that do all it that route all of those different ways that you can do all that different stuff with. It's very very nice. I I think it's absolutely I mean and next to this other product, the console one product, it's just amazing interaction with the in the box mixing environment. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, um, you can check that out. Um, Softube, they obviously Softube are uh, 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 sponsors of the show, and I'll have a little ad from them in a minute. But uh, I was going to, what was I going to press a button? Oh, I was going to actually. In fact, that's what I was going to do. How, how timely! Uh, they also make Monument the synthesizer. Here we go. This is their bass synth, which uh, is called Monument, which stereo samples from synths that have been kind of specifically processed to get kind of, well, solid lows, as it says in, on the way in. But there's also this additional processing that goes on in the actual plugin, which is designed specifically more for sort of processing bass sounds. So you get these kind of really mix-ready sounds straight out of the plug-in with multiband compression, this kind of really interesting aging parameter which adds bursts of noise and various volumes of it. Also the saturation, uh, there's an LFO in there, envelope following, there's a really interesting EQ and spatialization. Lots of ways of basically processing bass. And I think there's a reverb in there as well which might sound wrong but is somehow right in particularly in today's modern productions. It's, it's fine to put a reverb on base so do check it out go over to softtube.com and while you're there you can check out the, the console fader one why ever not um, all right let's see what's next oh yeah here we go this dropped Hello, yesterday to and Gaz did a review. Gaz williams and today we're looking at oh we're not i think my disc is what has fallen asleep which is it which is quite uh, it's quite funny really because gaz rang me up yesterday morning at 11 o'clock saying he'd been up all night shooting this for us which was very kind of him is it going to play? Come on. He's oh, kind of pretty yeah, much stayed go. true to the original vision in others. The original vision being, so of course, that they are clip launchers for able to lie first and foremost. That is what their Raisin de Terre is. Mini Mark they III. Specifically designed for ah, that task. Um, Raisin de Terre. On the screen here. Yeah, I, 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 I would just like, I, I think Gaz had been through an all-nighter because yesterday they, the, embargo, the embargo <laughs> finished at 4pm and he just he just wanted to make that. I think that people like Bo Beats and Loop Pop, you know, they're always releasing stuff 
bang on the embargo time. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And it, it, it sent him on a journey that perhaps was longer than he'd hoped for, but much appreciated nonetheless. So these are the new launch pads. Uh, much more sensitive on the X anyway. They're much more sensitive uh, pads. You could kind of almost stroke it. It's really interesting, actually. You get a really fluid musical experience. You've also got these uh, uh, standalone uh, custom modes. I think there's four in the X, which allow you to create mix and match kind of control surfaces, buttons for program changes, individual CC switches, drum pad squares, uh, keyboards, all of that kind of stuff. And that stays in the unit once it's powered off. So you, if you're running in a MIDI host mode, which might be something that we link up to later, uh, then you can basically bring it in and have these custom control modes as well as all the live functionality. And it's a really interesting uh, development, I think. And there's more functionality for live. I don't know if anyone uses Launchpad. Um, I remember when I went to visit Novation, it was about, must have been two or three years ago, in the in the foyer they had, the, I think I showed the picture, this silver kind of disc, it's like a silver disc, to recognise sales of more than 300,000 of the launch pad range. So fast forward three or four years and now these, I can't imagine how many they'd be selling. Um, Rich, have you, I mean, I don't know, you're not, you're not so much of a grid controller guy. I mean, I know it's a, got a valid thing, but it sort of depends. It's horses for courses. And I don't know whether or not that's something that you would, get, maybe clip launching and stuff in live you might find it for. Is it something that you've, you use much, have a need for? Not as a performance device in my typical live <laughs> workflow, but I watch a guy like Robbie, for example, and I can see why it makes a ton of sense for a guy like that. And when you're machine-based... In a live circumstance, that could be an incredibly, uh, is, I'm sure, an incredibly productive and useful thing to have. I don't, I'm not particularly yearning for one of those kinds of products around here, though I've seen them and really admire them, particularly theirs. And the Ableton product is also very nice. And Machina, of course, is no joke. So, you know, I, I don't actually, it doesn't currently live in my workflow but then again neither did console one a month ago so <laughs> who knows um, well the yeah. thing that the thing that's very interesting i think about these and this maybe come to you Yoad, because you know i know you're all about kind of being able to midify stuff i'm surprised you haven't got more buttons and knobs that are programmed up to do kind of crazy stuff around the studio just you know i'm sure you could you could you know imagine 64 buttons use, that you could yeah i use a lot of macros i use this program called the keyboard maestro uh, and I have a lot of stuff like uh, setting auxiliaries one to eight on a, on any channel and uh, setting ten compressors on like one of ten compressors on uh, uh, insert slot two, and then EQs ten EQs on insert slot uh, three. So I when I mix, I just go through all of that very quickly. So I do use that. Um, I've been looking at that and. And also thinking about that Hydra thing, synth again, because, you <laughs> know, it's fixated. one of those things. It's one of those things. <laughs> He's that got until, the gas bad. <laughs> yeah, until I get it, until I get it, you know, you know that I'm going to get it eventually. It's just a matter of whether to get the desktop. And then I was looking at this launchpad and I was thinking, well, the, the Hydra synth desktop has a kind of a, you know, pad system. Yeah. And I've never played, I've never really played with chords and scales and scales like that on and it gets something different out of out of playing i know that rich will not like what i'm saying because he's a proper pianist and uh and a keyboard player uh but for 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 Sorry. us guitarists to just get by on keyboards and stuff it's uh <laughs> 
it's nice to have a different kind of approach to, to playing. So I would like to try that. Um, but also the, the, the launch pad really gave me, you know, it, it makes me want to use it with Ableton. Uh, and to to change the workflow and to do, to, to do the clip based and and all that uh, workflow, uh, I don't know. But again, it all comes comes down to space. Where am I going to put something like that? And that's um, that's the main thing. I'm you know with with any yeah. bit of new gear that comes out, and there's so plenty of them uh, recently, especially desktop and and things like that. Um, I've got, I've, got, I've got a thought for you, Yad. I mean, basically, yeah. your faders were pretty much going to be at Unity on the Neve most of the time. They are, so, they are. So why don't you just take the faders out and put, I a, was, put a table on there, put a workspace in there instead? Well, that, that relates more to the SoftTube controller because oh, I, was right, actually, okay. I was actually thinking, I, I had that thought for a very long time, uh, to, to change all the faders, to bypass the audio on the fader to set it to, so it would be at Unity, which is how I use it anyway. And then to put motorized faders, either Tascam, the 24 something, um, or maybe a soft tube. But, but then I have 60 faders. So to change them all to motorized modern kind of controller faders. Mini CC stuff. So or Huey what? or whatever, you know, something like that. That's the SSL stuff works that way, doesn't it? There's that uh, X desk or the X ultimate. thing that's that you can flip it between audio and I, yes, I think. yeah, mm -hmm. the duality, yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, Dave, grids. I, I'm just trying to think. I, I guess MPC. Have you got an MPC in your in your synth cave or anything that's sort of a? You're a drummer, for goodness' sake. Surely you must have pads everywhere. No. No, got Simmons stuff, uh, old Simmons stuff. Uh, no, but I'm kind of, I don't know, Novation's got it going on as far as I'm concerned at the minute. And I've seen a couple of people using this and previous versions of Launchpad. And there's something about it that makes me think, hmm, if I had that, I might be quite good at that. <laughs> Which it usually never turns out that way. But there's something about it. Uh, what, I tell you what, in fact, what I've asked is one of the guys from Novation to come to the studio because he's wanted to visit it anyway, uh, see all the old tat in there, um, and just see how something like this could kind of be shoehorned into the setup. Because people come into our place, it adapts to suit their project. And so it's constantly changing, although, you know, the desk stays the same, as it were, but everything seems to revolve around... Uh, actually, it's weird, because I think I said before, most people, when they come in, they go straight for the Moog Modular and go, ah, oh, Moog Modular, and then 10 minutes of that, they go, oh, it's too complicated. Can you come up with something? And then you do that, and by which time they've moved on. And they usually they usually end up on the CSA or the Jupiter 8. So that's become the kind of area, the workflow area. And I'd like to see how something like this could fit in with all the old tap that we've got and be something because the studio is used very much on the fly as it were you know people come in and then people they've done the work for the album let's say in another studio and they're looking to put sounds and stuff on it so it has to be a kind of vibey thing yeah uh, and i think something like this could probably fit in quite well 
Well, it probably, I mean, it would probably be really useful to have a load of, well, A, you know, no input, because some people like to input in the grid, in, in the grid, and that's totally fine. Uh, and, and some people are more fluent in that respect. Um, I, I find it really alien, and I don't, I don't generally find, I'm, I might come up with a different melody in different intervals because my hands always fall in the same place on a keyboard, so that's quite good. But I can't be very fluent on it, but some people obviously are. But again, it's the custom modes. I mean, if you imagine mapping that MIDI to stuff that would be doing useful things like you just go oh can that just be the effects end for on on this synth or whatever it may be that you can just quickly grab then that would make sense but that that involves kind of a whole bunch of midi routing which you probably i don't know whether you've got that in place uh, yeah and then somebody's going to come in and unplug stuff and go actually i don't want that i want that and then you're going uh hang on i like the fact that this retains everything with power off though yeah well and you can save your patches and stuff rich you look like you were yeah. itching to come in there but uh, I no. must. Uh, no, 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 okay, no. that's fine. No, no. You don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. So anyway, yeah, um, the, the launch pads are out. Um, they were announced uh, yesterday at 4 p.m. I think they're probably on their way to the stores, if not in the stores already. I think the big one is one uh, uh, one seven nine, and the small one is ninety nine. That's pounds. Other currencies obviously are available, uh, and I don't know what they're going to be. Um, right, let's uh, let's just have a little word from our friends at Isotope because uh, we've got Ozo 9 for you. Building on a 17-year legacy in audio mastering, Ozone 9 brings balance to your mix with never-before-seen processing for low-end, real-time instrument separation, and lightning-fast workflows powered by machine learning. Expect lower CPU usage and shorter startup times with Ozone 9 compared to Ozone 8. Experience fluid metering in a fully resizable environment that lets you track the most subtle details of your audio. Use more plugins at once, mix while you master without worrying about slowdowns or dropouts. And immerse yourself in a smooth, modern experience designed to keep you in your creative flow. As you can see, Ozone 9 is the fastest way to get your master off the ground. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out our other videos and head to isotope.com to learn more about mixing and mastering and to download your free trial of Ozone 9. Oh, there we go. Actually, this is great, this new video, because I don't have to say any of that stuff anymore because he says the stuff that I usually say at the end. So I'm, I'm, I can, uh, I don't know what I could, I, I can do. I can scratch my back or whatever it may be. But yes, Ozone 9. Um, we also got a competition for this. So uh, we're looking for, uh, so if you want to win a copy of Ozone 9 Advanced, uh, we're looking for the hashtag AI Mastering because it's, uh, it's mentioned in the video. That's one word. So A and I Mastering as one word. And the hashtag Ozone 9, that's on Twitter, to at Sonic State and at Isotoping. And remember, this is Ozone 9 Advanced they're offering, which is kind of quite a considerable leap up in terms of, uh, of a meter it there's all sorts of great stuff in there anyway so ai mastering and ozone 9 to at sonic state and at isotope inc and we thank them for providing the prize this week and we've got a winner from last week's uh, uh competition which was uh, for neutron three uh, in fact the other thing i was going to do is i'm going to stick um i'm going to try ozone across the two bus on the, the stream because at the moment i'm using neutron on this and the ozone's got some really interesting features that i think will work really well in re real time and uh, they came down and showed us and there's some really low latency processing on it so i could stick it because this uh 
video switching system allows me to put a VST across the main output, which is why the, the, the YouTube video is a bit more hyped and a bit more kind of like FM radio. So I'm going to try that on it. But anyway, I, I digress. Uh, winner from last week, who is uh, going to be getting a copy of Neutron 3 Advanced, uh, is a chap called Howling Terror, at Howling Terror on, on Twitter. Uh, and, and you said, uh, you tweeted the, the relevant hashtags and also let's see what happens. Well, I can tell you what happens, Mr. HT or Howling Terror. Uh, you just won. So get in touch and we'll give you a copy of Neutron 3. We thank Isotope for the uh, provision of the prize. Very much appreciated. Right, let's have a listen to some more virtual instruments. New one from Spitfire Audio, solo violin. And I have to say, it really kind of, the articulation on this kind of made me feel quite impressed. This is all done with that key switching, I believe. Contact instrument, solo violin, Spitfire audio. And it really, I mean, I was very impressed with that. We occasionally do these. I mean, I think the last one we looked at, there was a cello uh, or a viola, and we were like, wow, that sounds pretty amazing. I know, Rich, you, I mean, you, I'm going to come to you first because you're a big fan of the Roly, which is a very expressive instrument, and you can get some of that kind of stuff. They've got some really good virtual, I mean, almost um, like physically modelled almost. It's modelled stuff that you can play on that. Um, but this this sounded pretty impressive. I mean, if you needed a violin oh, yeah. to do that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess you could play some section stuff, couldn't you? That would be pretty cool. Oh, his. Oh, I don't know about the section stuff, but his ability to play it expressively on a normal MIDI keyboard was stunning to me. And, uh, yeah, the samples sound great. Obviously, the guy who played them is fantastic. Jack called Jack uh, Liebeck, Liebeck, who is the violinist, apparently. And he has his left hand on three different faders running three different uh, control parameters uh, within the software, and it, it, and his, and also his keyboard articulation is really, really uh, impressively authentic sounding. And uh, it's he's the man, this guy, <laughs> in terms of demonstrating this thing, and it sounds great. Uh, the stuff for Roll that Rolly's selling, the which are the Swam, I believe it's called. Samples, That's right. Yeah, are. Um, are extremely playable and a lot of fun. And I did a bunch of string work on the project I'm working on uh, using. Actually, I was I, I didn't expect to be doing keyboards that day, and I had my iPad and the uh, the mini the uh, the seaboard block with me, and I ended up doing a bunch of violin parts straight out of the uh, iPad running the Swam samples. And uh, but anyway, back to this stuff. This stuff sounds amazing, and uh, I thought his demo was spectacular. He he actually knows. The notes to cross when you when you bow across the strings, so you go. You know, like he actually yeah, knows, he knows which ones notes are, and he's he he hits it the way it needs. Yeah, I'm, it's he makes it look easy, and that's why you know it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're saying. Like the Parisi brothers, you just think, yeah, I could do that. Right, like, no, no, you right, can't. right, right. Marco blows my mind. <laughs> I just watched a, a recent Marco thing that absolutely blew my mind. He's amazing, yeah. Marco. Parisi. Fluent, but anyway. Uh, this this is, so this is it. This is the Spitfire uh, solo violin, 99 quid, actually, which is quite reasonable. Uh, I mean, some of their larger libraries are a bit more expensive, but that seems you know, fairly well priced. Um, I don't know, uh, Dave, is this sort of, do you find that you need to emulate you know, that sort of thing once in a while? Because, I mean, you did your album recently, and I know a lot of that was Cynthia and Electromechanical, but sometimes you must have been a moment where you thought, you know what, I really could do with a clarinet somewhere in the background now. Could I reach for a a multi-sampled instrument and get away with it. You know, that sometimes there's something very satisfying about being able to play something that sounds convincing when it isn't obviously a keyboard instrument, right? Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, this guy, like Rich said, the sensibility. That's the thing. You need to have an understanding of the sensibility of the instrument in order to play it authentically, uh, which I love from years ago when I was doing all the kind of those mad MIDI file things, uh, recording, you know, people like Steve Ackett and Bill Bruford and all these various people on mid various MIDI controllers loved all of that. No, I was fortunate on my album. I know a string player in Germany who is phenomenal, who has one Neumann microphone, and basically I play him a string part, let's say, from Omnisphere, and then I send it to him, and he records it once, twice, three times, then he picks up the viola, four, five, six, and then he sends me them through all as separate stems. Oh, nice. And I can mix it, and the difference it makes is absolutely blinding with the crescendos and the kind of diminuendos and just the retardandos i mean it's just everything about it it's just adds a whole nother layer so then i strip the real strings out unless i'm looking for uh sorry then i strip and copy it on <laughs> a gm use... patch yeah yeah well yeah or a vp330 that sounds just like the real thing um no this i need to, so I'm on an old operating system because there's a couple of bits of software I need. Uh, my software lust has been increasing probably for the last year since Ty did that um, choral demo down at that do at uh, Bristol. And I came away going, I need that piece of software, but it won't work on my L Kurdistan or whatever it is uh, operating system. So once we've got a bulk of work out of the way, I am going to heavily invest in Spitfire audio stuff and that uh, insanely beautiful choir that Ty demoed. And I know people who just spend a fortune with Spitfire Audio, Kent being one. It's just like, have you heard that latest? Have you heard the latest? And they got a great reputation. I think Christian Henson's a very cool and interesting guy, and we, there's loads of people we know in common. I want to meet him, actually. In fact, I asked Ty for an introduction. Uh, but, yeah, I can feel a, a big, hefty expense budget coming on once my OS is updated. Mm, danger, danger. Um, yeah, I know. I, 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 yeah, I don't know what... Do, I mean, you know, you're in a mixed situation, you know, Ad, you know, it's, it, there's something missing. You think what this needs yeah, is... Yeah, if I could only add a violin onto yeah. this um, hip-hop track or, you know... Um, <laughs> well, you know. But, uh, no, but I mean, when I, when I hear something that is so well... that sounds so great and is so well executed and the, the, the way that they manage to, to, to switch the samples so it knows when you're doing trills, so it switches to a real trill and back seamlessly. And I think that one of the ways, I'm not sure because I've only watched this teaser, but um, I think that one of the ways that, that they being able to, to do it ex so expressively is that when you, you know, when the, you change the direction of the bow, they then and and there's a controller movement taking place then they change the sample on the next one so it seems you know what i mean so it doesn't yeah. sound like like midi volume and stuff like that so it's really clever the stuff and the the sound quality is amazing and the expressivity or expressiveness is is really it it's really something and also you know being a guitarist is something that i would like to try with my MIDI controllers. I have quite a few. I never found the the, the right one at the moment. It's the TG, it's the GR. Oh, guitar, the guitar controller, right? The, the the MIDI controller, and maybe you know, because the control the control data is quite crucial for the 
for, for this to work. So maybe with a couple of pedals, with a guitar or something. But it's, yeah, it's something. I have some stuff from Spitfire and they're really, really good. They're really good. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, you know, every, basically every show I do with you guys ends up, costing me a lot of money <laughs> well this one's only this one's only 99 bucks but actually i should point out that we did a we did an interview with uh christian and uh uh is it paul i think it's paul yeah at the launch of the bbc symphonic orchestra which was a really interesting event and i, I didn't and they were talking about how you know the i'll put that out because i think it's actually released next week so I was going to coincide it with the release uh, and save it, uh, and it probably needed a bit more editing than I had time for at the time. And they were talking about um, they got to the point now with with the, like the BBC Symphonic Orchestra, which is it sounds like a really interesting library as well. That's a bit more expensive, obviously, where it was they were managing like a million samples in a single library, you know, which is just it, that sort of stuff is kind of really mind blowing. But that the the the, the uh, but they were saying the niche. The niche skills that they've got through just producing samples for all this time, you know, they've got this kind of really specific set of skills for managing those sort of assets and for the way that the programmers deal with it creatively. It's just, it's absolutely fascinating, and I think you know they're really on top of their game. I mean, you'd have to be to get a gig absolutely. to work with the BBC Orchestra, Symphony Orchestra. I mean, they're just not you know you don't get that kind of thing coming along every once in a while. But yeah, um, and also worth checking out their lab stuff, which is free, and some of that's there's one there. There's a soft piano, which is really lovely. Yeah, the roadsy thing. It's really no, nice. it's a, it's an acoustic piano it's it's a really nice one and it's it's all free the the labs it's just it's but they well have worth. like an electric piano which i've used i think oh uh, do they okay i don't know i haven't i haven't downloaded all of them yet but uh well worth nice. it um okay well i wanted to get this one in just before we go um uh because uh there's it just it was so lovely uh let me see if i've got the right video so yeah here we go I didn't even know about this thing. I, uh, this is called the Cristal Bache, and it's a French instrument, which bizarre... I, I mean, it, it, essentially, it's strips of glass, I guess, crystal glass. I don't know what kind of glass it is. So it's like playing a wine glass, sophistic very sophisticatedly, so that you wet your fingers and they resonate, but they've got these uh, all these sort of metal appendages and kind of horns that uh, that amplify the sound. I mean, there are strings involved in this as well. This isn't quite the truthful thing, but I, and I'd never heard of it, and I can't believe it. It's one of those. I think it was invented in 1950s by uh, the Blaché uh, family, two brothers or maybe cousins or something, or father and son. But it sounds absolutely amazing, and I think somebody should make. I'm, I'm sure somebody has. Has somebody made a sample library of that? I hadn't heard of this. I'm going to come to you first, Dave, because you're the kind of uh, synthesis historian, even though this is a mechanical instrument. The French made the Have you? Did you not? It's bizarre, isn't it? I mean, it's an amazing thing, amazing sounding thing. We were joking, weren't we, before the uh, before the show? That it's the sort of thing that you bought. It's like, what is the crystal blaché compatible incompatible with children, animals, uh, any kind of <laughs> loose clothing that you might snag on it, sudden movements that you might get really into it. Imagine you could just snap the thing off. There's just so it, it's so it's almost a completely unsuitable and impossible instrument to have around the place because, but the, 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 there's another video which I found which is uh, it was an installation in uh, let me see where it was it was in um, 
Uh, the the 57th Venice International Art BNL that they put it on and and the guy was getting really into it and hitting it with hammers but but mainly those great big uh, um, sort of amplifiers because they sound a bit like cymbals and gongs and stuff it just it's just amazing I know Rich because I know you studied music concrete didn't you and and this apparently was invented for uh, music concrete pieces in the, in the 1950s and I just wondered whether you perhaps had heard of it before. I had not heard of it before, and I'd never heard it played before. Of course, it reminds me of uh, Franklin's glass harmonica, which was, I think, the first time somebody moved glass under people's fingers to make sine waves, uh, at least that I know of. Right. That um, makes sense. You know, as a, as a self-contained instrument rather than having a table full of wine glasses, which people probably have been doing since the Roman Empire, for all I know. But... Um, uh, amplifying it with the metal and being able to strike it in various ways in various places, as you say, it is a bit fragile. Um, however, it sounds fantastic, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed their whole concept in this building of creating a space in which to perform on this thing, record it, and share the space with visitors and uh, watch their interaction with that process. It was, it was. I really enjoyed this video and actually shared it with... Uh, some people that I care about because I thought it was cool. Let me just put the, some pictures up of this. So that it, basically each of those glass, each of those spikes is a glass rod uh, and, and they're attached mm -hmm. to, I think there's some kind of metallic ballast in there so that there's a resonant frequency that's sort of amplified because we know glass will resonate. And then each of, uh, then they've got these kind of strange sort of metal petal type structures that amplify the sound at various points across the, the frequency range. And it's just, it's, there's, uh, it, it's an amazing looking thing. I, I just, I just can't believe how, uh, how I've not heard of it. And because it, it sounds so beautiful as well. I mean, it's really. Until the guy started hitting those petals. He's like, dude, don't hit the thing. It's a work of art <laughs> it needed a big notice on it do not touch unless i say so and do not touch in inappropriate places do not hit with hammers uh, yeah yeah i mean that was insane i was kind of like i was thinking wow, wow in fact i deliberately haven't sent this video to chris because i know you know he's he's one will go oh should we order one should we get one uh just to annoy me in terms of physical space but um I was really enjoying that whole video. And then those two guys just got on it and started hitting it. I was, whoa, whoa, no. I don't know if you Amazing can see here. Crap. There's a there's a really... <laughs> sounded a little, great when you hit it. There's a little dish of water um, below the guy's hands, which you have to sort of dip your fingers in because you have to keep your fingers wet at all times. And some of the articulation that people come up with, I can't imagine it's been terrible for your hands. I mean, you just get... Because you, 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 your hands are going to be soaking wet the whole time. But there's some. Do Not when you've been in the bath. Yeah, you've been in the bath too long. <laughs> no, mum, I've been playing me crystal. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this, 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 this sounds like this. I mean, you know, I know you haven't got room for it in your place, but isn't it worth knocking down a wall? No, but and just for this, of... for this thing, I can take out some channels of the desk and have it right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a must. Um, no, it, it sounds it sounds interesting, but I think it's one of those things that when you sample it, it would just sound like a generic kind of drone thing. And it will have one sound, and then okay, you do a nice pad with it, and and then what? You know what I mean? So I don't know if it's no. even worth the. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's a novelty I... thing. Um, it's it sounds great as it is, and when people have the the, the skills to to play it without breaking it, it's it's nice, and maybe it <laughs> should be left like that. 
But I was, you know, I was thinking about um, about breaking stuff and not hitting stuff too hard. Maybe we should have in plugins. We should have. Do you remember like the old pinball machines where you hit it too hard or you moved it? It it would just freeze and tilt. You know, yeah. tilt yeah, tilt. and and then you lose your. your <laughs> So maybe maybe we should have something like that in plugins. So if you're doing like a, if so if you play too many notes or like or or you know some trans, um, some inversions that are not in style or something like that, it would just say hold on and, uh, yeah, and freeze I, for five minutes. So you have to do something else, relax, and come, come back, back at it. it. Come back at it. Mm-hmm. Have another go when you've thought about it a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you could sort of almost do that with... Pla- we, we, didn't we talk about this once before, Rich? I'm sure it was a conversation thread where we had where the idea of software, as it actually aged, i.e. as you had it as long... Uh, the longer you have it installed on the machine, the longer, you know, the, the crapper it gets or the more degraded the high, it gets. The high frequency goes away, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it actually does kind of... It, it, it degrades, but in a different way. So there's a sort of... There is an, an age or a life it cycle rusts. to it. Yeah, it rusts. <laughs> Sort of in some way. There you go, Apple. Yeah. I was There's a tip for you. Yeah, <laughs> planned obsolescence. Tip for Apple. Yeah. <laughs> well, well actually, it, it, it's funny because you know that in in Logic, if you have sometimes you get corrupt audio files, so it it's try it tries to load it and then it says, "What kind of file is this?" It's like, and it, <laughs> what do you, and you think you're you doing? may think, yeah, and you you may think it refers to the to the actual content of like this beautiful <laughs> guitar. Part. What kind of file is this? <laughs> it would be even better if it took, what they need to do is just modify the code ever so slightly so it takes a guess at what the file is. So what kind of guitar part is this would be even better. Yeah, or what kind of guitar file? Yes. I, I, I'm all for that sort of stuff. But this thing, I, I mean, goodness knows how much it would cost to make. And if you, if you can, but there's another image of it here, which with this rather dubious looking kind of uh, Pyrex baking tray with a load of liquid in it. Um, but there's some, some of, there are some videos of people playing it and they do get quite vigorous with it. And I'm sort of thinking, gosh, I wonder, you know, if you're playing right at the end, I suppose you start, you start playing right at, at the close, you know, the, the, the short end because that's where um, you can apply the pressure. And the length is really just so you get the length of note, because, I mean, in, in, in sort of Mellotron terms, it's your, it's your four-second rod, isn't it? You can, once yeah. you get to the end, the end, yeah. the note is over. You know, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And it's Lalique glass, probably, as well. What's that? Oh, it's a very expensive glass. No, I'm lying. It's a very expensive glass, but it's Pilkington. Not, I, I can't see I'm this at, being Lalique. Pilkington self-cleaning glass. <laughs> yeah, we could do a British version with what was it, Waterstones Crystal or whatever they called it, Wexford. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I wonder if it ma- now here's a question. Now Waterford question. That's right. Thank you, Rich. I wonder if there if the type of glass makes a difference to the tone. You know whether the one built in the 1950s oh, yeah. used used a sort of a, a different formulation of of glass. Uh, and of course, when they went to the uh, the more uh, the tempered glass that that had, was 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 uh, could stand up to a bit more v- vigorous playing, the tone went to pot. You know, it, I don't yeah. know I'm sure there's yeah. possibility yeah, I bet, of it. I bet it is. I bet it is. Yeah, bet it I is. Don't use toughened glass. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it's pretty fragile. But yeah. yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to play it. I'd love to play it, particularly in that kind of environment as well. Can you imagine if you're bad? I wonder if you're bad at playing it like you could be bad at playing a violin, whereas it makes an equally appalling sound like if you don't bow a violin properly. It just sort of screeches an unpleasant harmonics. I don't know. Who knows? I'm speculating wildly. I'll probably never see one in my lifetime, but 
I'm glad it exists in the world. Um, yeah. Well, it feels like that's probably a, a time, a, a good time to uh, to cease. I think uh, we didn't get to the MIDI I.O., but it's kind of late, and uh, I feel uh, I've got to go and pick up a, a a piece of furniture that I was bought was bought off eBay, so I can't stick around to to all that. We'll we'll have that next time. But the new eye connectivity stuff, I was particularly thinking <laughs> of you, Yoad, and all your necessary MIDI yeah, ports. But we'll get on to that perhaps. I'll save it for you. Um, that's it. Thank you so much for uh, watching, everybody, uh, and uh, joining in. Uh, thanks very much to all the folks in the chat room. I've got the YouTube chat room, and we've also got our friends in the IRC chat room. Uh, do come back. We're here every week, or most weeks, Wednesday, 4pm uh, UK time, uh, where we'll get together and have a chat about all things to do with music technology. And I just want to say again, if you want to enter the competition to win Ozone 9 Advanced, I'm looking for the hashtag AI Mastering. That's just the letter A and the letter I and mastering all stuck together in one word. The hashtag Ozone9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And you enter that by uh, putting the, those words into a tweet. Uh, and that's all. That's the way to do it. And we'll pick a winner next time. But, uh, um, Dave, thanks for joining us. And, uh, Thank you. And thanks for letting me plug uh, VSM version 3, which you can get from g4software.com, folks. Do check it out. Um, and Thank I hope you much. have a, a lovely week. We hope to see you again as soon as we can, because it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, things are getting yeah, yeah, a little no. bit more okay. same. <laughs> that's, very, that's how yeah, English yeah. is that. Yeah, 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 yeah. no. But no. no, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Just quickly, yeah, was that a Polaris that you've got? A Chroma Polaris. Or the Chroma. The Chroma yeah. Polaris. Yeah. The Polaris. Do you know, weirdly enough, here's a, re here's a, here's a Sonic Talk-related thing. I was going through a load of old magazines for a little bit of research, and I found a really old copy of Music Technology magazine where Mark Tinley talks about the Polaris. The Polaris is, is the same. Basically, it's the same thing, but times two. So it, it has two engines of the, the, the Chroma Polaris is the single engine, eight voice. Uh, the the, the ah. Polaris is two of those, basically. It's like oh, the right. Prophet 5 and the Prophet 10. It's the same thing. Okay. I did not Brilliant. know that. Thank is you. it a dual manual? No, no. Has it got two keyboards? I didn't know there was no. a difference. I thought there was just one. No, oh. it's just two engines. Huh. Well, there you go. That's I learned something new today. Well, uh, thank you, Dave, for, uh, for joining us. And thank also you. thank you, Yoad, for coming on and joining us as well. Oh, uh, I promise we'll get your studio tour up soon because we keep referring to it in the podcast. And yet it's not available online, but I'm working on it. Don't worry. Um, and I hope you've got a, a fruitful week ahead of you. And, uh, and I'm going I, I get, to practice my uh, yeah, practice violin. Practice your violin, start yeah. taking faders out and uh, making space for a... Uh, Blaché, which I spelt yeah. Blaché, and I kept every time I saw, I was searching for a crystal Blaché, and it was like all I got were images of Kate Blanchett, and it's like what nerves going on? No, that's that's terrible <laughs> SEO. But then I'd realise I'd spelt it wrong. But there you go, that's the substitution. And of course, Mr. Rich Hilton, thank you very much for joining us, and I'm glad you get some time at home and time to chill and uh, get back into your uh, your favourite sock drawer and all of those things that you've been missing. I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Enjoyed the show as always and love talking to you guys. So that's it again for Sonic Talk uh, number 593. We'll see you all again next time. Uh, that's it for this time. Goodbye now. Take care. See you later.